Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Intercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. Welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on Sports Radio 1057 FM, The Fan. Well, luck and be good, I tell ya. All there. Hey, I don't know if that's right or not, but happy St. Paddy's Day. This is the second hour of the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. He's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Newbauer. Nick Bodie on the boards as usual. If you want to get involved in the show, 799-1250 is the phone number. Or you can always email us live at ceoguys at yahoo.com. I should probably check that, Danny, see if anybody emailed sure. us. Uh, while you're checking that, okay, I'm although done I checking. know it's hard for you to walk and chew gum at I the know. same time. <laughs> um, I thought I'd ask Thomas O. Newbauer. Uh-huh. What is the history of St. Patrick's Day? Because I don't know, and you are greatly Saint, learned and knowledgeable. St. Patrick went to Ireland, got rid of the snake problem, converted them to Christianity. Were, were they prairie, prairie rattlers? Uh, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> That's was about Chief all Corn, I know. Was Chief no, he, he, there he was too? Uh, he was a, 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 a monk or whatever he was, and he he went over there and uh, he was uh, kicked out of some other place. And What's went the over difference there. between a priest and a monk? Uh, there's a difference. Is that other, it? Is other than the spelling. Guy? Yes, it is. Right now on the line, folks, we have Judge Brian Hagedorn. Good morning, Judge. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Doing good. Thanks. We're uh, good. I'm Dan Bush, and this is uh, Tom Newbauer. Uh, no relation, yeah. I'll add. Yeah, the spelling me... is different. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you right away. Uh, Lisa <laughs> Newbauer is no relation. She spells her uh, the first three letters differently. And if she was a relation, I'd have to excommunicate her from the family. There we go. So <laughs> now that we got, now that we got that straight, uh, we appreciate you calling in because I know you're quite busy. And so I, I thought I'd ask you. Um, you know, I'm as a school teacher, I should know more about my politics and outside world, but I'm not a social studies teacher. Uh, but explain to me what is the Wisconsin Supreme Court, which you're running for? And why is it important that our listeners get out there and vote for you this April? Yeah, yeah, thank you. Well, um, let me go back to just the basics, obviously. But, we've, you know, we've got you know, three branches of government. The, the legislative branch that writes the laws. Uh, you've got the executive branch, you know, the governor and the president that you know, signs laws and carries them out. And then you have uh, the judicial branch. And my job is really to interpret and apply the laws as written. Um, so that's the basic gist of it. And in the Supreme Court, uh, unfortunately, over time, courts have taken a lot of power uh, over important questions. 
uh, and it become a bigger and bigger part of our society than I think than our founders originally designed when they wrote the Constitution. But that is where we're at right now. And so, uh, you know, people don't always remember this or know this, but our courts have an incredible impact on so many things, including things like our Second Amendment rights now and um, so many other issues that always end up um, hitting the courts. It seems like everything controversial ends up in courts nowadays. And so I think it's incredibly important for people to uh, pay attention to these races, and they just often don't uh, in them, but they impact their lives as much as who your governor is uh, and who controls the legislature. So, you know, my philosophy is my what I'm doing is my job as a judge is to uh, defend the rule of law, which means my job is to say what the law is and not what I think the law should be, uh, because that's another branch of government. So I'm not there to impose my own policy preferences. I'm not there to, to you know, incorporate any kind of partisan politics into what I do, but just to be faithful and apply the law as it's written. And same thing upholding the Constitution as written. I want to look at the language. So when I look at rights like the freedom of speech, the freedom of religion, you know, the right to bear arms, and obviously those are in the federal constitution, but they're also in our state constitution as well. I know I need to uphold and enforce and defend those rights. So I think for your listeners who believe in those things and want to see those protected, you need judges who are going to do that. Uh, and finally, um, you know, protecting the public. We, uh, we obviously have a uh, big drug crisis that's hitting our state, the opioid, the meth crisis um, that's impacting a lot of people. And so I think it's important that we have judges who understand that, that uh, we show compassion and help people who are hurting, and there are a lot of those folks, uh, but also hold people accountable. Uh, and that's certainly what I'll, I'll do on the Supreme Court. You know, i got the support of the Milwaukee Police Association, uh, 44 sheriffs, far more than my opponent. And so, really, I, I think this race is coming up on April 2nd, uh, which is incredible, just uh, two and a half weeks. And actually, in a lot of places, you can vote now and pretty much everywhere starting this coming week. So... Um, so I encourage your listeners to get out and vote because this will affect their rights, their freedoms, our state as much as uh, really who controls the other even political branches, which is not what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Now, I understand, Judge, that uh, you you are you like to hunt and fish and all that. But uh, where do you come down? I know we know where you come down on the Second Amendment rights, but uh, concealed carry in Wisconsin. You know, some of my friends and I were talking the other day about could that be overturned with our new governor? I mean, of course, if they tried to, it would end up in the Supreme, Wisconsin Supreme Court. Right, right. Well, so, um, yeah, the, when I was, so I was Governor Walker's chief legal counsel for, for a period of time, from 2011 until uh, near the end of 2015. So when concealed carry was put into effect and the rules were written and it was signed into law, I was, you know, part of that. So certainly well aware of that uh, and, uh, you know, help, help affect that. Um, when it comes to could courts overturn it, yeah, you know, I, I think I think a lot of those issues where there any anything you can think of where there's social disagreement about what we ought to do, those are the, exactly the sorts of things that could end up in the court. Um, you know, obviously as a judge, I can't tell you how to rule on any given case because it certainly would depend on the case, and you know, it's important for us to make sure people understand uh, that they're going to receive a fair shake no matter what. Uh, but I do think people have a right to be concerned about. Uh, a Supreme Court that ends up throwing out stuff it doesn't like. And, right. you know, my, my opponent, Lisa Neubauer, she's sort of held up as a model, the justice we're seeking to replace, who's quite frankly been far more political on the bench. Uh, somebody who I, I, I would have great, think that there's a great risk of somebody who just says, hey, I don't really like this law, um, and somebody sued here, and so we're going to throw this thing out, and we're going to modify it. 
Uh, and, and that's those are always real possibilities. So I think there is uh, some in our country. We often hear about activist judges kind of doing their own thing. And so what you're saying is we need judges who are going to interpret the law and basically follow the book the way it's supposed to be. Spot on. Exactly right. Because that's actually the only authority that I'm given under our Constitution. You know, I'm, I'm not a policy man. I don't believe in the rule of judges. I believe in the rule of law. Right. <laughs> um, and the last thing we want, uh, and trust me, the last thing I want is for uh, all of us to be ruled by a bunch of lawyers wearing robes who think they're smarter than the rest of us. <laughs> well, we've got a lot of listeners, Judge, uh, all the way down to Kenosha, all the way up to Oshkosh. Actually, we got one guy listening from, where is he from up there? What was that? Monaco. <laughs> Monaco, Wisconsin. We got someone just called us. So they're listening online as well. So I would encourage everybody, because I'll be honest with you, Judge, uh, other than like maybe a presidential election and so forth, I I haven't gotten out and voted as much as I should to exercise my rights as an American citizen. And then, you know, then we complain when things, you know, might change. our, Our voice is our vote, and we should all get out and vote this April. So I'm planning, what, April 2nd? That's the vote, yeah. but we can start now, correct? Right. You, that's right. Yeah. Early voting is, I think, opening almost everywhere this coming week and it's open some places now. But, yeah, that's right. P- people, in fact, just to put some numbers on that, Governor Walker and Governor Evers each got about 1.3 million votes in November, so 2.6 total. In the last Supreme Court race, the winning candidate got a little over 550,000. Uh, and so these races always just come down to to turnout, and they come down to the number of people who actually decide that having judges who apply the law or not, <laughs> that that's an important enough issue to get out and vote. So I, I, I definitely want to encourage you, all your listeners, maybe you're not used to voting, but this stuff matters. It matters to your life as much as any other election. Okay, I got two questions for you, real quick ones, all right? Mm-hmm. What's, yeah, the favorite, what's the favorite fish you like to fish for? Well, you know, so my father-in-law uh, has taken us out, and um, we haven't done this as much recently because usually we go and keeps his boat in our yard, uh, which is nice. So he t- takes our takes our family out. But uh, I really love the sa- I really love salmon fishing in Lake Michigan. We've had fun doing that. I haven't done it a little bit, but um, those that those are probably some of the best times that I've had. Okay, and, and not to mention it's good eating. Yeah, it is. And and what about hunting? What do you like to What do you like to hunt for? Yeah, I saw a picture of a pheasant. <laughs> yeah, you and I, it, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got five kids. I got five kids right now: fifteen, thirteen, ten, eight, and five. So, oh wow! Well, that was pretty. Yeah, so we we got a full <laughs> house. It's loud and it's fun. That's for sure. Uh, but yeah, we've done that recently a couple times with some buddies, and we've gone pheasant hunting, and that's been that's been a lot of fun. So I'll, I'll say that for right now. Although you know, I'm I'm looking forward to maybe trying some new things coming up soon. Are we? We um, we lived in Madison for a time when I was working for the governor. There were fewer opportunities to maybe do some of the things that I that I get to do now. But I, actually, recently I did a, t- a tower shoot too. Uh, oh yeah, uh, where we were doing pheasants, and that was uh, just a whole different ball game. I had never done that before, and that was pretty fun. Well, you know, you're a busy guy. You're a judge. You got five kids. You know, you got a lot on your plate. It doesn't always give you a lot of time to do maybe some of the things that you would enjoy. But are are you a, a lifelong Wisconsinite? I am, yeah. Born and raised in Wisconsin. Yep, from from Milwaukee, actually, northwest side of the city. Uh, my dad, grandpa still lives there. You know, we, we didn't grow up with any 
money or connections or anything like that. I'm just just kind of a blue collar Wisconsin kid, and uh, <laughs> so, so I love this state. I did 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 go to college in uh, law school at, in Illinois, but I came back from the wilderness okay. to uh, be here and raise my family. So, so nobody uh, bought your way into college, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, we won't even go there, huh? <laughs> no, not, not at all. Oh, good. Worked worked your way through yeah. like. Uh, like the rest of us yeah. there. Hey, well, let me ask you. Here's a question. I'm a teacher, and everybody says, oh, it must be rewarding working with kids. What's the most rewarding part about your job? Boy, well, that's a great question. I, I, you know, a couple things I'll say. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of a, a, a nerd on this law stuff. I mean, I actually just really like the reading and writing and the research uh, that I get to do every day. But I think more significantly, uh, it's really great to have a job where my only role is to just get it right um, as best I can based on the law. Um, and I really mean that. When you're, when you're a lawyer, you're an advocate for your client, and it's your job to make the best case you can for their position. And that's an important thing. But being a judge, I'm just there to, to do it right. I'm there to get it right and, and can follow that to its end. Nobody, has to, nobody tells me um, what I have to do. I don't have a boss um, other than the people, and the people have told me that to get the law right. And I really find that uh, gratifying and, uh, you know, a lot of fun. If people want to contact your campaign, uh, where, where would they go? You know, I've got a website out there, judgehagedorn.com, H-A-G-E-D-O-R-N. And, you know, we've got a whole a volunteer portal uh, out there as well where people, if they want to get involved, there's really grassroots activity happening all across the state from Kenosha all the way up to Monaco. Is that where you said? Yeah, <laughs> Monaco all over. There's one state yeah. gas station and yeah. one restaurant. Yeah, but uh, but yeah. and if people well, wanted, have, I was yeah, going to say, oh, go ahead. There. Yeah, and, yeah. And and you can uh, so you can go to our website, sign up, uh, you know, and we've got a whole portal on, on getting yard signs and making phone calls, letters to the editor, and that that's really what this race is going to take is just grassroots folks yeah. who decide it's worth it to try to help protect the law at our yeah. state and not have a court that's just going to be a policymaker. Right. And if people want to donate, they can go there too, right? You got it. Yeah. Exactly right. Tom's yep. kind of cheap yep. here, Judge, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll try and twist his arm. So. Well, you know, so we're, we're talking with Judge Brian Hagedorn, who's running for the Wisconsin Supreme Court, and we want to thank you for your time, and we want everybody to go out there and vote on April 2nd and vote for you. Well, thank yeah. you so much. I appreciate it. We actually had our first debate last night. Uh, and uh, we we had a lot of lot of fun. And I'll say one of the things that was disappointing was, you know, she my opponent was asked a, a number of questions, um, you know, including on things like Second Amendment, and she was wouldn't answer them. Uh, she, she wouldn't, wouldn't answer, answer them. Uh, no, she wouldn't answer even about uh, upholding and enforcing and protecting, you know, the right to bear arms, which is in our Constitution. So, yeah. You know, <laughs> it shall not uh, be some, infringed. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I think not getting an answer is your answer. Yeah, uh, you're exactly right. right. You're exactly right. Well, I appreciate your time. Uh, your time, and you and you guys caring about this race uh, very we do. much. That's, yeah. that's All right. Grateful. Thanks well, for th what you do. Yeah. Thank you for your time, Judge. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Have right. a good one, everyone. You too. Yep. Bye Take now. Care. That was right. Judge Bye -bye. Brian Hagedorn, live on twelve fifty AM and one hundred five seven FM. The fan. We do appreciate his time being on and. April and, uh, 2nd yeah, is the we'll time. We'll remind yeah. you guys next week, too. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep reminding you people. All right. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back with more. It is, oh, boy, it's uh, getting late on in the show. 
let's go to break here. All right, let's do that. We'll be right back. Out on the road for oh. 40 days. Uh, cowbells. It needs more cowbells. Cowbells, yes, Tom. <laughs> I got a fever. And the only sweet, cure. sweet cowbells. And the only killer. It's more cowbell. <laughs> hey, you did a good impression of him. That's the only thing that I can do that makes my brother laugh. Legitimately. Christopher Walken impressions. Well, why don't you it. just continue talking like him during the show? I'm going to need more cow. Two mice. Fell into a bucket of cream. The first mouse quickly gave up. He drowned. But the second mouse, he struggled so hard, turned the cream into butter. I'm that second mouse. <laughs> well, catch me if you what can. What movie was it? Yeah. Was that be Catch here. Me If You Can? Catch Me yeah. If You Can? He'll Lent. be here all week, folks. Tip your waitress as well. Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Right. Now, our Joe wanted to know. I think it was what Joe. What did Joe want to know? Joe from Monaco. Uh, if we had, uh, you know, some of the best baits to use for the different species of fish. Real quickly. Oh, five, I'd, I'd five, like, and five. Yeah. I'd like to say for panfish, it's a mini mite. For bluegills, crappies, perch. Mini mite. That's, That's one. It. That's one. Hold on. Get your abacus out. Yeah. There, Nick. For, for bass. I can't keep track. The easiest thing to use, and you'll catch a lot of fish on it, is a wacky rigged worm. Wacky worm. Wacky worm. Wacky worm. Yep. Okay. Wacky rigged worm. With a chomp. It doesn't really. There's all kinds of soft plastics. For walleyes, it depends where you're fishing, but you can't go wrong with live bait. I mean, let's face it. Walleyes like live bait. Okay, wait a second. Okay. A jig and a half a crawler is great for walleyes. Yeah, but he wants five for each species, Tom. No, no, not five for each. Just the top. No, he said for five for each. Oh, I'm not. He wants come up fifteen with... baits, dude. I don't. I don't need all that many. I don't need that. And then for northern, I think Joe for, from Monaco wants more. For northern pike, a big spinner bait or a meps, a number five meps or a big spinner bait. And for musky, uh, to me, a bucktail. I mean, that's basically you know that's it. You know, <laughs> pretty simple. You know? I mean, you know, Danny, we've talked about this before, about how over the years, now, like, in your living room, <laughs> you got these racks of musculars. It's like a tackle shop, right? Yeah. But how many of those do you use? Well, <laughs> not that many, right? I mean, you got, you got a lot of them. But I walk, pick you, them up and fondle them often as I walk by yeah. in the living room. But when you're... When, fondle? Yeah. He, yeah. He plays, plays with the musculars. Yeah, spins yeah. the blades, spin blows the on the buzz baits. No, I don't blow on them. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be weird. But the thing is, is that over the years, you find that you you start off in your fishing career with lots of lures. Tackle boxes and tackle boxes full of every size, every color, every, everything. And then you find out that, you know what? You start paring them down in that certain ones work on certain days or whatever or certain areas yep and you just pair though and and before you know it you don't have a zillion boxes and everything you've you've got certain ones that you know are going to work you know not uh, a zillion maybe a well, kazillion maybe a kazillion yeah you know 
you just pare down the numbers, you know? All right, I got to ask you guys, trivia question. You're both, not trivia question, but a pop quiz here for Okay, you. pop quiz. As expert fishermen, both of you, if you were trapped on a desert island, you don't really know what kind of fish are around Marianne. you. But you marry <laughs> Yep, yeah, Marianne. As long as it's not Gilligan. Uh, no, if you're trapped on a desert island and there's fish all around you, they're your only source of food and you got to be able to snag them. What is the one bait you would bring with you if you could? Snag them? You mean catch them, right? Got to be able to catch them. What kind of fish, though? Uh, you don't know what's in the water. It's a gotta, night crawler. It's got to be an all-purpose. Night crawler, you boneheads. It'd be easy. You just get a bare hook, and dig a up worm. a worm from underneath yeah. a log, a and throw and a that worm. out. Yep. That's, you know, back, night crawler. Back in Egyptian times, they would actually make hooks out of bone. They would, uh, like, sharpen the end. Uh, they'd find bones that were, like, turned like a hook, you know, almost. And they'd like try to sharpen them up, and they would catch fish out of the Nile. Cleopatra yeah. was an avid fisherwoman, believe yeah. it or not. I believe it. I believe it. And uh, but yeah, uh, a hook and a worm. Who'd she you hook can't up go with wrong me? with that. Who'd Mark Lip. Uh, Mark, Mark Anthony. Anthony. And well, wait a minute. That's what no. they did on oh, their honeymoon. They went on a fishing vacation on the Nile. No, hey. got some Nile perch. Uh, first, she hooked up Bone with hooks. First, she hooked up with Julius Caesar and had a child with him. First, then when Julius when Julius went back to Rome, Mark Antony came over because he was supposed to protect Egypt from some of the other countries that might give her problems. Right. And then she hooked up with him and had two kids with him, or was it three? I think there was a set of twins. But uh, yeah, she had kids with both of them. Yeah. Hmm. So she, yeah. yeah, she she was trying to sway uh, Rome into not taking her over. You know, not taking over Egypt. I don't know why she needed the Romans. They had the aliens that were helping them with the pyramids and stuff. Tom, well, that they was, had that was they way had be- all the ancient astronauts yeah. that would help them. But that they was, didn't need any help. That was way you could before. Give them the old- Alien death yeah. ray. That was way before Cleopatra's time. Was it? Yeah, way before. Aliens, that was thousands of years before left. her. Yeah. Wow. This was, that was way before she her. She just kind of inherited all that That stuff. was later on in Egypt's life, you know? Uh, so, yeah. And you got to wonder about those pyramids, man. I mean, when you think about that, without modern implements... That we have cranes engineering. And all yep. How did they? Did you ever see those pieces of stone that weighed ton, many tons? How did they get them they up there? They used lots of slaves. How did they get them up there? They rolled them on logs Even and stuff. with just manpower, how'd you get them up there? <laughs> it's unreal. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. It was aliens. All aliens. You got me. All okay. aliens. <laughs> Back to fishing here. I like that music though. I got it. The X Files. Got it. <laughs> got a question, Tom. Okay. Um, I'm reading an article in Badger Sportsman magazine, and uh, there's an article in here, and the guy's got a picture of a couple of wall hanger fish, and uh, one is an 8.5 pound walleye and a seven pound largemouth bass. And apparently they came out of Lake Kesis. I believe it. That was going to be my question, if you believe oh, yeah. it. What do you know about Lake Kesis? It's a good fishing lake, but the access is terrible. The, the launch is down this big hill. The parking isn't down by the launch, unless you have a handicap sticker, because they got room for two spots for car and trailer. Okay. Just two, you it's have to up pay? the hill, and yeah, you got to pay a few bucks. But it's up the hill and down the road about three blocks is where the parking is for it. So it makes it very difficult 
to go out there, especially if you're by yourself because you don't want to launch your boat, leave it there, and then go put your vehicle away and, you know, leave it unattended. So, yeah, it, it's just a tough place. It's a good ice fishing lake. Okay. Uh, it's got a, it, it's got a, all the regular species in that our lakes have. I don't think it has musky, though. Small lake. Yeah, obviously. it's not a big lake, but it is, it's got a... Deep? Has it got yeah, any deep yeah, spots? Is, yeah, it's deep lake. Uh, it's just a, it's a very good fishing lake for panfish, bass, northern, and, and yes, there are walleye in it, yeah. So it's got everything, I think, except musky, you know. It's a, Kesis is a good lake. It's just that it's a... Uh, it's not a great launch. Well, area. that the fact that it doesn't have a great launch would mean that it might be a little bit quieter with, without a lot of meatheads out there. Yep, underfished. Underfished. Yeah, I think so. I think it is. And you'll find, I mean, I find this too, is that the majority of people who live on lakes, okay? Who don't fish. fish. <laughs> they don't fish. No, they don't fish. So, you know, yeah, it's. Yeah, that's, that's one of those, uh, it's a little gem of a lake. You, you know, know we've got a number of those there around There are us. a number of those, and uh, my buddy Sergeant Horton, he might be listening right now, um, he goes to these little gems and finds little hidden gems, lake X's, as you will, yeah. and Y's and Z's that have big pike in them, yeah. and he'll go target some big pike, even some big perch, some lakes that nobody's really hitting. Right. You got to get be willing to get off the beaten path mm-hmm. and think outside the box. Yeah, there's one uh, lake I, I can't mention a name because if I mention it, my oldest son would shoot me. Uh, it's a little eighty acre lake, and if he shoots you, he won't get the life insurance. He's got to wait for you to kick off. <laughs> He's got to natural causes. <laughs> Keep having those smokes, buddy, and he won't have to wait so long. <laughs> but there's a little eighty acre lake in Waukesha County that uh, it's only got about maybe five or six parking spots for cars and trailers, a couple of handicap spots, a couple of car-only spots. It's not a big lake, but when we go there, uh, the only thing he says that we're allowed to keep are bluegills and crappies. Can't keep any bass, no northerns, because he says this is a small lake. We don't want to deplete it of the, of the resources. And we've caught some really nice bass. We've never caught a nice northern out of that lake, but we've caught a lot of nice bass, some big bass, you know, out of that lake. And it does have a lot of crappies and bluegills in that. So, so, but yeah, there's, there's some real gems close by. As a matter of fact, the, the lake I like fishing in fall for muskie. And I'll tell everybody too, is Fowler, Fowler Lake out in Oconomowoc. That's of the, of the fishing area where the muskies are inhabiting is only maybe 50 acres. It's it's small. And it's small, but there are nice muskie in that lake. I mean, it's got a lot of other fish I've caught in it. one muskie in there. One time it was uh, maybe late May, early June, and uh, I had a guide trip on uh, Pewaukee, and these guys came down from Green Bay. I came with his dad, mm-hmm. and we went to Fowler because the wind was howling. We couldn't do and sure enough, a uh, guy got a 37-inch mm-hmm. uh, muskie on a bobby bait there. Yeah. Saved you, the day. I'll tell you a quick story about Fowler when we come back. When we come back. After this break. So stay tuned for more with Dan Bush, Tom Neubauer, Nick Bodie on the boards here on Sports Radio 1250 AM or 105.7 FM, The Fan. Oh,
Welcome back to the Skipper Buds. Cutting Edge Outdoors. How can you not sit there and dance and groove to this? I man? know. Hey, back li- in the day. Live on the phone right now is our good friend, Dennis Royce, our Boulder Junction connection. And he's got the report for, for us from Ooh. last week at the sports show. Who were the lucky wieners? Yeah, what, hey, what went on, Dennis? Tell us about the morning of that, that Saturday morning. What happened there, eh? Something smells fishy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a muskie. It was fun. The muskie. You're right. Uh, good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. It it was fun. Uh, Gary Smith was your listener. Uh, was the first winner down at the booth, and then Tom Huffin was the second winner. And Tom come running in because he was in a big hurry. He was out of breath. Something smells fishy. Something smells fishy. <laughs> we had to ask what. But uh, they uh, they came to the booth, and he was he was out of breath. Water was running off his head, and he was all excited, and and uh, he uh, he wanted to make sure because he tried once before and, and missed. He out. didn't win last year. <laughs> he camped out wow. overnight. <clears throat> wow. Yes, he was all excited, but we had a lot of your listeners stop by and say hello, and that was nice. So yeah. So I so suppose you, I'm, say, what I was going to say, you guys got a lot of listeners. They're they're building and building and building. So yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, did you have a number of people who got there late and went, ah, oh, shoot. <laughs> yes, yes, we yeah. did. We had some inflation prizes for him. We had uh, some uh, cash off on, on on night stays at the at the Boulder Motor Lodge and some other give, uh, goodies that we gave away. It's just to keep some of the people happy. Uh, and I think next year we're going to do something. We're thinking about doing something a little different, where we're going to maybe put the names in a hat and then have one drawing, and then everybody get a chance. So, oh, you know what? That's a good idea. That's yeah, a good, I, I and we could. We could draw that on the show. It. There you go. That would. That would. You could do that the following week on the yeah, show. Yeah. Put all go. the names in a hat, name and phone number, uh, that they would have to come down and fill out by you, and then, sure. then uh, after the show, you would. Uh, we, I'd get together with you. You could give give me the, all the stuff, and then uh, and well, actually, they could do that on uh, all well Saturday and Sunday. Let's say, right? Yeah, I, I could get that to you before you even leave town. Uh, That's what I mean. Ooh, yeah. 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 And you then uh, you guys pull it out. Then. And then the following Saturday, we would pull the two winners, and then we'd give them uh, your uh, number to contact you. Yeah, sure. that'd be great. Yeah, what a great idea! There we go. All well, right. I, like you say, it just gives everybody else a, a chance, and it would help you. You know, would help everybody, and everybody's real nice, and they're happy and friendly. And there was, like I say, a lot of people stopped by to say hello and. And people that have been down at one before now are coming up on a regular basis, which is a nice thing. So yeah, that's great. It uh, works great. So you're up. Uh, you're back home now, right? Back in Boulder, and I'm going to give you a report here, quick. Yes, tell uh, us if you're if you're snowmobiling. If you're snowmobiling, call ahead because after this week, it's supposed to get awful warm, and and uh, we're supposed to start melting our snowpack here. And and uh, I would say call ahead if you're thinking about coming to make sure that the trails are still decent. Right now they're excellent, yet and uh, but we did have quite a meltdown this week, and it's going to continue this next week, according to the weatherman. And some of the lakes that are are uh, were impassable are getting better, and the people are getting out. It's still not a it's still a challenge, but they are getting out to fish. So all right, it's improving. What uh, what do you, with all that snow melting? Are you going to have some flooding? Not so much, Dan. Up in, in this area here, we got in our area right around uh, north and south of Boulder. Most of our sand, most of our area is sand country, and we get rid of most of the water. Uh, it dissipates in the soil quite rapidly. Uh, 
there isn't a lot of frost in the ground underneath the snow, so if we can get rid of it, there's water in the streets and the roads. If you've got river areas where you've got uh, rivers, there are, is flooding, and we got street flooding right now because the edges are all froze up yet. But, I'm, I'm, uh, guessing, I'm guessing this melt has come none too soon for the deer herd, though. No, the deer herd right now are right now the deer are in tough shape because it's tough to get around and uh, that and that meltdown is helping a little bit. We got two or three inches of snow last night, but now this next week it's supposed to start warming up. So uh, they're talking about 40s and 50s during the week. So that's really going to put uh, uh, push the snow down and, and get this to the point where we can get around a little better. Well, Dennis, we can't. It can't come soon enough, right? So yeah. spring can't come. Yeah, go ahead. go ahead. Everybody's saying the same thing. We can't. So we got to get rid of the winter. We got to get blue water is what we need. Time That's to right. get the boat out. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, Dennis, thanks for that update. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. And we'll talk some more. And I'll keep in. I'll keep informed what's going on up here in the Northwoods. All, All right. right. Take we'll care, do. Dennis. Thanks, Dennis. Thanks, guys. Bye now. Uh, I was going to say, uh, I'll, I'll get to that uh, Fowler Lake story uh, uh, after, oh, yeah. after after the break, but Paul what? Mahalik called. What Fowler Lake story? Yeah. Uh, Paul Mahalik. See how ADHD we are. What? Paul Mahalik called me yesterday. He did? Yeah, for it was a different reason, but then uh, he said he was on uh, Winnebago last week. He said, oh, yeah, we had like 20 inches of ice driving out there, no problem, blah, 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 you know. But he never told me what he caught. <laughs> Did you ask? <laughs> no. Well, you're the we were talking. We were talking about. Head. We were talking about something the else. With he called. You. He called me for a different reason. And <laughs> Do we and have then, to call Tex in the big rig and <laughs> find out from him? <laughs> well, Paul said we could call him anytime to and, find uh, out. But. My brother Tim, he's up there, but I don't think he's been ice fishing there. No. Okay. Where does Paul live? Waukesha, someplace. Okay. What, what was wa- he doing up in Winnebago? Waukesha County. He was fishing. He was fishing. Yeah, Nick. Fishermen Man. go to different lakes yeah. to go fishing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. You drove up there to go to college. He I... drove up there to put the school in on the fish. Hey, why don't you take us into this break with your uh, what's that? Christopher Walken impersonation? You listening here? to the Cutting Edge Outdoors show on 1250 AM, 105.7 FM, The Fan. And if you want to find it anytime, 105.7 FM, The Fan.com. That's no hornswoggle, Mr. Douglas. We'll be right back. It's the final countdown. The final countdown. Okay, Danny, I'm turning off the computer now. Well, where's all the emails today? No emails today. Well, we never said email us. Yeah, I did. CE, did you? Twice. I never Three heard times. it. Three times, actually. Okay. So this is about the time when I shut this baby down anyway. Okay, Fowler Let's Lake. Shut this major operation down. Fowler Lake, let me tell you. <clears throat> um, I went out there with Dennis Radloff. It's hard we, to foul up, up yeah. out on Fowler. We, uh, and and like, like we were saying, the, the area to fish for muskies is about 50 acres or so. And in the fall, I like fishing it because Even I, less I can than make fifty acres. It's, yeah, it might be less, but couple anyway, acres, dude. No, it's bigger than a couple. Fifty acres is it's, big hunting land. If I'm yeah, on fifty this, acres making a drive, I got to go a long least, way. That's at least thirty-five to forty, at least I think. Well, anyway, whatever. Uh, you can make two passes in the fall with your suckers and casting. You can make two full passes around in a big revolutions. Circle. 
you get out there in the morning at 8 o'clock, let's say, do your two passes. You'll be home in time for the Packer game at noon. You get home about a half hour ahead of time. So I like doing that. Get out there early, make my passes. Well, but anyway, I was out there with Dennis Radloff. Okay. okay. We were doing a TV show. Oh, okay. And we we're off of that one, that first point you come to that the church is on. Yeah. And we hit the weed line, and he says, yeah, I had some clients out here last week. We saw a nice fish out here. You know, right, And he's pointing to the right over there. Yeah, we saw some nice ones. And I had a, I think it was either a Big Joe live action or a bulldog. I think it was a bulldog. On okay. It. And he says, yeah, why don't you just try down that weed line edge right over there? So I make a couple casts, and I'm all of a sudden I don't feel the bait. You know, I don't feel any weight because wow. those are heavier baits, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So I just reeled real fast and, oh, excuse me. <laughs> I reeled real fast and set the hook, caught a fat 44-incher with him. Wow. And I said, damn, Dennis, you're good. He'll <laughs> just cast over there, he says. So then another time I was out there by myself, and uh, I got a fish that she hit the bait. She hit the sucker. I set the hook. I had her on for about, I'd say, 30 seconds. Which seems a lot longer when you have it on, but it really wasn't that long. It was about 30 seconds. Yep. And she came up to the surface about 20 feet from the boat, and I could see her. You know, it was right, right there, you know. And the hooks came out. I went, son of a gun. So I started reeling in. She, I watched her turn around and hit that baby again. She turned around and smacked it again. I caught her. That was a 46-incher. And, but nobody's with me, right? Son of a gun. So I called Eric Catlin. He was uh, running uh, Mike's Muskie Shop out yeah. there in Okachi yeah. at the time. I said, Eric, I got a nice fish. What are, you, are you busy? He says, well, not right now. And I says, well, can you close up the shot, bring your bring your camera out here, close up the shop, take a picture? <laughs> Needless to say, he didn't come out and take a picture of it. I'd tell you the same thing. <laughs> he says, I can't close up the I'm shot to come out, here, out take, take a, a picture. Pic I said, it's only five minutes away. Come on. He, no, I can't. <laughs> It was funny. You just let it go. <laughs> but anyway, so Fowler Lake, they got a lot of crappies, a lot of bluegills, a lot of bass, uh, a lot of a lot of small pike, but there are some bigger pike in there. The uh, biggest one we've ever got out of there was 36 inches. Yeah. So there are some decent pike, but mostly smaller ones, and they got some darn nice muskies. And the biggest muskie I ever heard of coming out of there was, I forget the guy's name, he's a guide in the area for muskies, but he got a 49-incher one time out there. But the, So there are some decent but the muskies ones. come and go. Don't, oh, they, don't yeah. they spill through the dam and get out of there? Well, and then the ones that come the down river? the Oconomowoc River, some might go over the dam. It, well, that's they how they go got into, into LaBelle. Uh, that's how they got into LaBelle, right. right. But a lot of them stay right there. They got a lot of food. and yeah, They know, hang out for a while. And it gets pretty deep in that lake, you know. It's not. Not a shallow lake; it's a deep so, lake. Yeah, you know? they, maybe they set up shop. So, um, so yeah, it's it's one of those nice, and it's a fun place to go, especially like if you got a kayak, you know, because there's a place where you can park by the park area, right. carry your kayak down. You can paddle around the lake. We see a lot of kayakers out there, you know, and some of them are fishing, some not, you know. So, anyway, hey, should uh, oh, you got a call? Who do we got? Our buddy Gary. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Oh, Gary. There you go. Rambling Gary, you're again. I'm sorry. I was rambling. I'm sorry. I forgot that you were rambling. Online. You can't Gary, stop him, man. good morning. Thank you for holding on. What's up? You do a lot of that. It's good, Tom. It keeps the people interested. Hey, you know the other thing you don't have? What's that? We got to get a bobblehead for Tom. Uh, why I not one? one well, we could get one for Danny too. No, <laughs> no. I don't think I'd look good on a bobblehead. That would be just right, 
Double bobbleheads. I don't know about that. <laughs> hey, you know, what if what if a guy started a company that people could send in a picture of who they wanted to have a bobblehead made of and people would send a bobblehead to them? I think people would be buying that like crazy. Yeah, you never know. I think so, too. I think you could make more money. Yeah. So, so did you give your... Did you give your daughter that free subscription to Badger Sportsman magazine? Yeah, I did. Yeah. We're also in here. Do you know anything about White Birch Lake? Oh, that sounds familiar. Where is that again? Well, you just talked to the fellow last Saturday. Yeah, I know. I, I can't. I went one of the trips up there, so I'm trying to figure out what I got to do to oh, Dennis. White Birch Lake. Oh, Dennis was talking about it. White Birch yeah, I won a trip last week. Hey, oh, that's right. right. You won the trip. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's fantastic. Congratulations. Yeah. That's all we right. Decided, we decided the first week in June we're going to head up there before July 1st. And after that, it's headache because we got all the county fairs and state fairs and everything after that. So we're going out first week in June. Oh, that sounds great. That's going to be a good time of year, first week of June. Hopefully you'll catch Based some nice fish. Going out. Yeah. Well, good for you, Gary. What do you plan on fishing? Is it going to be walleyes or bass, or what are you targeting? We're thinking of walleyes. Gotcha. Well, good luck. And, you know, after you do that, you're going to have to call us and give us a report on how it all went, all right? Hey, I never told you, but I got eighth place at uh, Battle and Bagel. Yeah. I think, didn't you tell uh, us that? Or yeah. maybe somebody else did. Yeah, what did you win? Oh, yeah. What did you win? Like 700? Yeah, you did tell oh, us. Yeah, you did tell us. Yeah. 750 bucks. You got a good year going so far, yeah, Gary. Yeah, you're pretty lucky. Yeah. He, you, know, you know, my son always gets mad at me when I'm not fishing, right? He always keeps an eye on me, Cody. You know him, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he went with you. I don't know where that lake was, but we went to a lake one time where it was an old-timer's house, like an old folks' place. And we fished outside, and he had his Rexlar, and you went on the other corner of the house, and then we fished off that lake. But I don't remember where it was. Yeah, odds are Tom doesn't remember I either. Don't, he's had I don't remember. Con- <laughs> Gary, he's had a lot of concussions. I don't All remember. those high school football yeah, games. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, I didn't play in one. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, thank you. Thanks. Cody is pretty good. What? He's a pretty good fisherman. He went up to Genoa to help Mark out today already. All right. Well, thanks for calling, Gary, and don't don't forget to let us know how it all went up there in Boulder Junction. Yeah, right? good luck up there. Yeah. No, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. All right. Thanks, Take care, Gary. Gary. Okay, yeah, bye now. Thank you. Uh, so we only got a few minutes left, and, uh, you know, we were talking about all these little lakes, little gems of lakes. There's, there's another thing, too. There's a number of lakes just north of here, and as a matter of fact, between here and Green Bay, that there's a lot of little lakes, and I know there's some out to the west too. I just don't know of those. That there are no outboards allowed, so it's either rowing or an electric right. motor. And those little gems of lakes, oftentimes, are just packed with fish. You know. You know one another little musky lake you talk about, uh, Wingra there in Madison. Wingra, yeah, right next Ye- to the zoo. Years ago, I and Ron Johnson and my buddy Scott Olson, we went to uh, Goofy Slough down by Spring Green or somewhere, I think. It's <laughs> Goofy South- Slough. Goofy. <laughs> Goofy <laughs> Yeah, you know how it got the name Goofy Slew? Uh, I don't I was I'm reading, kind of afraid to ask. I was, <laughs> I was reading a magazine about these sloughs that had giant pike, right, yeah. ice fishing. So I would venture off by myself, and I found this slough in the middle of nowhere, but I tried to follow the directions from the magazine, and uh, it was called White Potato Slough. So 
I went uh, on, I, I pulled up and I walked out onto the ice and there was one old toothless guy out there. And I said, is this white potato slew? And he goes, white potato, white, black, goofy slew, whatever you want to call it. And when he said, goofy slew, after that, I, that I called it, it Goofy, goofy Slew, and I thought, Goofy, you're Goofy, buddy. No teeth. <laughs> goofy Slew. So we went to Goofy Slew and caught a few small pike, and then on the way back, I said, hey, I heard Wingra has muskies, and it was mm-hmm. like opening weekend of okay. fishing, right? So I and Ron and my buddy Scott went, and we just had pike gear, mm-hmm. and it's outboard motor only, so we fired up the trolling. No outboard motors or no outboard right, motors. No you can outboard. use electric. Right. So right. I fired up the little rear electric, my cheap little. Yeah. I had a tiny little aluminum boat, and as I'm going across the lake, Ron Hells has to have his line in the water. Mm-hmm. He chucks out a little maps, and we hadn't gone 50 yards, and he caught a 30-inch muskie, mm-hmm. and we proceeded to catch like five muskies in an hour there, and they were all small, right. but we caught it's, them trolling, we yeah. caught them casting. And uh, Travis Richardson was there at yeah. the time with a couple clients, right. and he was super nice guy. He yeah. didn't know us from Adam, but he started talking yeah. to us. Hey, how you doing? I was fishing, and, and yeah, that that is an action lake. I mean, not a lot of big ones, but it's got a lot of there fish in it. There was a forty-eight incher that yeah. had been caught out of there. I'd heard prior. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's time for us to go, Danny. No, it's Danny. not. I'm going to keep talking. Okay. <laughs> you do that. Just trying to get Nick nervous back there. The Nary Home Improvement Show coming up next. That's all I got. Me too. To all the listeners, thanks for listening, and God bless and stay free, everyone. You've been listening to the Skipper Buds, Cutting Edge Outdoors. Go out, do something nice for someone today, my friends. We'll talk to you next week. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.